Now, it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Your host, Teresa E. Keeves, is a professional mediator, here to educate, inform, enlighten, and inspire everyone about the great benefits in the process of professional mediation to resolve conflicts, disagreements, and disputes relating to business or personal matters. Now, here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Good morning, everyone. How are you? How are my listeners out there? I certainly appreciate you joining me on this beautiful morning here on TalkZone.com. I am Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Put It All, All on the Table through media. I am happy to be speaking with you today about, let's say, some general t- topics relating to the professional mediation. Of course, the title of my show today is How You Doing Mediation? Not to be misconstrued with Wendy Williams then when she says, How You Doing? Prior to setting, uh, settling in on, in her purple chair, you know, as she runs over and spilling all of the gossip about celebrities. Uh, no, we are not gossiping today, and I never will we be gossiping on my show um, about professional mediation. Um, we are going to review how mediation is doing. Um, I've been with TalkZone.com, very happy to say, for six months now. Yay! Go, It went really fast, you know. And um, so we're, we're going to talk about... We're going to check out some of the barometers and see, you know, if how mediation is growing, you know, and um, see how people are taking to it. For example, um, we, you know, we're going to talk about is the profession of mediation being infused to settle disputes other than credit card issues or HOA disputes? I, you know, I thought it would be interesting, educational and fun. You, my listeners, to explore and research and, you know, and for me to bring this to you through my program and, you know, other avenues that this profession is being used. Look, you know, I think that it's okay to infuse a bit of laughter or lightheartedness into my mediation program and or the topic of professional mediation, don't you? So that's why I came up with this, you know, how you doing mediation, you know, to give some laugh although this is a very serious matter that we're talking about. Okay. And I, and I want you to know, I know that talking about resolving issues and disputes, you know, it's serious, but like I said, and I know that I'm here to educate and inform the public about the great benefits that are contained within the mediation process. And I also know that it is an important topic as we are discussing varying things within this process. Okay. Here comes the but. I feel that sometimes livening up the conversation is a bit fine as I'm keeping in mind the discussion at hand. Okay, now, I do not have a guest with me this morning, so it is going to be just you and I, which I think is fine. Okay, I like to do that sometimes where I'm just, you know, alone talking with you guys. And as a reminder, should you have any questions or comments that you would like to make, please give me a call at one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Okay, now we have that out of the way. Now let's talk just very briefly about the weather here. Okay. It's today it's 
it's, it's like 73 right now. And you guys are probably in, in a lot of the parts, Midwestern and everything saying, oh, wow, 73 is good. But, you know, for us that live here in the desert, it's a little bit cool for us. Some of us, some of us may uh, go out uh, with the jackets on, especially for kids, putting them on some long sleeves or something as the air, you know, that, you know, may be a little breezy, maybe a little cool. But, you know, I just want to say very quickly that the weather pattern in, in itself is very um, contributing to the go- uh, global warming that we are experiencing here in our world, you know, because, um, for example, tomorrow, the high is only going to be 73. And then the next day it's going to be maybe a little bit warmer. But, you know, it, it fluctuates. And then this, this, you know, a couple of days after that is going to get hot. And, you know, so it's probably all also contributing to why um, a lot of us are experiencing more, um, uh, you know, colds and, and things to do with our sinuses and what now. OK, let's talk about a few items before jumping into um, our discussion, guys. OK. Now, I just want to say something about Nepal. I have so much sympathy regarding the devastation that is going on in that country. So much is happening there. So many lives lost, you know, and I just want to put it out there that, you know, I am praying that the earthquakes just stop. Just give these people a break and that these people can start to recover and rebuild. And I know that a lot of you out there are very much on the same uh, uh, thought pattern that I am as well for those people. It's just been very, very um, uh, disturbing to to just see the devastation that's going on there in Nepal. Okay, now, changing subjects. You know, bullying was at one point talked about in the news media, for example, and among, and among ourselves quite often. Now you don't hear much about the topic of bullying as though it has gone away. I don't think so. Let me, let me assure you (laughs) that it has not gone anywhere. It constantly rears its ugliness daily on our children and adults alike. For example, I want to talk about our children right now. All right. There was a story about this little girl who was riding to school on the bus and she was beat up by a bunch of other kids. She was beat up so badly that it caused her a concussion. Now, this little girl was about seven or eight years old, I want to say. And um, I have so much sympathy as she was talking to the cameras and she's wringing her hands. You can see that she was very nervous. And, um, and, and as I don't think that there is enough protection for children um, as they as people see that there are bullying acts uh, being done to them. So now this little girl I'm talking about, she's now so devastated and scared as she thinks that it can happen to her again. And let's be clear about it. It can. I would like to know why the bus driver, because this happened on the bus, guys, okay, did not intervene. Are are they not required to keep, you know, the children safe or they are as they are delivering children to their families? I'm not understanding this. And here's another related story. There was a bully in grammar school. OK. And by the way, I really love this story, the ending of this story. And there and this was this boy. He was terrifying two brothers and they were so tired of this happening to them. So. 
they were discussing this ugly situation with their father, who, guys, happened to be a minister. And he says to them, why don't we give this boy a gift? And they look like, what? He's beating us up, Dad. What do you mean give him a gift? Do you know, guys, what the gift was? It was a Bible. And guess what? Now, I want you all to say out there, what? The boy who received the Bible was very grateful for the gift. And he also expressed much appreciation for receiving it. Now, come on, listeners. Didn't you just love that ending? Wasn't that just great? Didn't that just kind of show that perhaps that this is an an individual, you know, getting started in life, very young in life. And this is something that he did not know. He he may not have ever seen a Bible. Who knows what's going on in his household? That's a whole nother conversation. But who knows what's going on in his household? He didn't even know about the Bible. So I am glad to say that this helped him um, on on some level of getting, you know, of, of opening up and for him to look at himself. Although he may not, I don't know his his home or anything like that. But I'm just saying perhaps he doesn't know anything about how to act, what he should do, what he should not do. And just perhaps this is this is a fabulous tool that can help him to do that. All right. So now on that same vein, I'm going to take some of you back in time. And, you know, there was a singer named Dusty Springfield and she had a beautiful voice and she sang a song when I was a child. That was named what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there is just too little of. How meaningful were and still are those words to this song? I'm asking you guys out there. This is so true for me that we need more love within ourselves, our home, our world. We have so much ugliness in our society that it is more than out of control. It's story after story after story on the news media of the ugliness that's going on in our world. And by the way, I'm sure that there are stories of greatness and love, but the media wants to bombard us with the negativity, which is why I'm very selective in what, who, and how much I listen to. There are huge issues in our society And the reason our children are out of control is because of it. And one big thing is lack of parenting. But then once again, that's another show topic. And what do you think? Here's another one. Cyberbullying is off the chain. They don't talk about that much, I much more either. This is devastating as well as with all of the popular social media, you know, um, the the Facebooks and the Instagrams are just a couple of popular ones. So, so much talk about ch- uh, kids are different than than when we were growing up. Okay, that's what people say. Okay, here's what I want to say about that. Then check the history and see what's happened. What has changed? And you will note that society, as I have discussed along with my guests, Sandy Roberts and Reginald Campbell on the recent show, that it is all in relation to societal problem. On that note, 
I was reading on a site called Knowledge Center. Okay. And um, it has some interesting and I feel helpful information that any of you would be interested to check it out. It's Knowledge Center and you can go on there and it talks about um, cyberbullying and it talks about what are some of the things you can do in order to um, educate yourself, in order to curtail it and so forth and so on with your children in particular. Now, just know this before I, I, I want to read to you some of the uh, bullet points from this article. But I, I do want to say that cyberbullying bullying is not only in relation to children. It is also in relation to adults. OK, one of their bullet points says addressing cyber cyber stalking and online harassment. OK, that is an article. Please feel free to go in and check it out. It's a guide on how to protect oneself online and how to seek help against online intimidation. All right. Here's another one. Warning signs. Children at risk for online predators. It's a website called childrefuge.org. And this organ in this article describes the warning signs that a child may be at risk. Okay, once again, listeners, we need to always be on point. We always need to be attentive. We need to be awake so that we can see what is happening to our future, what they are, what they are going through. Ask questions. Ask how was their day? Sit down at the dinner table. Please, let's do that again. Stop letting them go to McDonald's and Burger King or whatever. I know we're out here. We're, we're working 48 hours in a 24 hour day. <laughs> Trust me. I know that, but let's, let's, let's get together and sit and talk and, and to our children and, and, and ourselves, you know, and our, our husband and wives, you know, whatever. And just talk about our day. What's going on. You'd be surprised of the things that you will find out. Here's another one. Parent further. That's on parentfurther.com. Now, this is a comprehensive set of resources for parents on bullying and cyberbullying provided by the Search Institute, which is an independent, nonprofit, nonsectarian organization committed to helping create healthy communities for every young person. Fabulous. Another one, StopCyberBullying.org. All right. This is a program of international cyber privacy and security. It's about, you know, from a lawyer by the name of Perry Aftab and the Wired Safety Group. And they are offering people information on cyberbullying. All right. Here's one more. Facebook and Time Warner are teaming up to fight bullies. Okay. States pass anti-bullying and for states to pass anti-bullying laws. This is very, very important. The, the, and it says that the coalition aims to raise awareness about cyberbullying and encourages people to report the issues when they come across them. Don't just be a turned head, a blind eye, as they used to say. When you see cyber, when you see someone being bullied and, and, and harassed and talked about and, and, and just not being treated well, you know, we, we, we need to say something. Okay. All right. Here's one last one. And I love the topic of this one. Do something.org. There you go. It's right there. 
DoSomething.org is one of the largest organizations in the U.S. that helps young people rock causes they care about. I love that. It's one of the largest organizations in the U.S. that helps young people rock causes they care about. I just wanted to repeat that. I think that is fabulous, absolutely fabulous. As I said to all my listeners out there, um, few of the couple of things that I am here for, this is one of the reasons I have my program, is to inform and to educate. Okay? Now, listen, I need to take a break, so I invite you to go and Get your tea, get your coffee, and come back with me. See you soon. Do you know that bullying in the workplace and in our schools, whether it's grammar schools or high schools, is becoming more and more prevalent? This includes the rise of verbal abuse and physical abuse to our senior citizens. As a matter of fact, Bullying is on the cusp of becoming a dominant occurrence in today's society. For example, CareerBuilder.com survey of 2012 noted that about 50% of all workplace bullying goes unreported. And NBC News reported that bullying statistics of 2013 for senior citizens is on the rise in America. And that statistics for bullying-related incidences in our schools, well, unfortunately, it is on the rise. If you find yourself being bullied in school or in the workplace and you need someone to help resolve your differences with professionalism, fairness, impartiality, and given a platform to be heard, give me a call. Professional mediator Teresa E. Keys at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. Now it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Okay, I trust that you got your coffee and your tea and now you're back with me. All right, let's get into our topic. How you doing, mediation? As I said in the beginning of my show, I thought it would be fun, interesting, and educational to talk about to review some of the other aspects that the profession of mediation, how it's being used. I want to start off with a story um, about a company, and this is about a company regarding that they found Blackbeard ship, and they are in a $14 million dispute with North Carolina. All right, now here's some of the excerpts. It says that the Shipwreck Honey Company that founded Blackbeard's infamous Queen Anne's Revenge off the North Carolina coast in 1996 says that the state of North Carolina now owes them $14 million for breach of contract. Okay, The alleged brief is briefly described in a petition the company Intersol Incorporated of Florida filed against the state this year at North Carolina Office of Administration hearings. Now, Intersol accuses the State Department of Cultural Resources, I'm sorry, of damaging a modern-day form of treasure, media rights to photos and videos made of the wreck and of the recovery, study, and preservation of its historical artifacts. Now, the department has received a notice of contested case and assigned from the Office of Administration hearings. But we cannot comment further 
since this matter is currently in litigation, says Kevin Howell. He's the agent's general counsel. Okay. Now, the Queen Anne's Revenge was the flagship of the English pirate Edward Teach, also known as Blackbeard. Okay. The ship ran aground about a mile off of the North Carolina, I'm sorry, North Carolina Outer Banks. Okay. And that was back in 1718, guys. All right. Now, the researchers think Blackbeard and possible and possibly local residents were able to remove most items of value before the ship finally rolled over and sank. All right. Now, Intersol has spent $320,000 finding and exploring the wreck. And the 1998 contract lasted for 15 years. It had an option upon this expiration in 2013 to be extended for another 10 years. Now, the watermarks and timestamps help protect Intersol's commercial media rights. They are designed to dissuade commercial, per, you know, production companies, you know, from using their materials. Now, the 2013 contract gives this company Nautilus the right of first refusal for video gra- for videography for videography related related to the wreck and its excavation. Okay, so now I say that. This is a great candidate for mission. What do you think, guys? I say this because this is about the videography and who owns the rights to it and the treasures and et cetera that came along with the finding of Blackbeard's ship that has treasures worth millions of dollars in today's times. And this company was looking for another ship initially and came across Blackbeard's ship. Okay, look, I'm just going to say it. Look, you know that this is all about money, 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 ego, 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 and notoriety, notoriety, notoriety. That's all. That's it. And I say that it's a good candidate for mediation. Don't clog up the courts taking a long time with getting resolution for this. All right. Now, let's move on. We're done with Blackbeard. Okay. Now, HOA disputes is on the rise for being a great candidate, you know, for settling disputes, issues, disagreements with homeowners, you know. And there is this article titled Using ADR to Settle HOA Disputes. And it says in part that dealing with homeowners association disputes is time-consuming, expensive, and frustrating. In some instances, major disputes grow from minor issues, and in no time, the entire community is at odds. Alternative dispute resolution methods, including arbitration and mediation, can be effective tools for settling a variety of HOA disputes, ranging from dues collections to resident disputes to officer elections. Look, my listeners, I totally agree with what I just read from this article. Okay, come on. Why? clog the courts with these types of cases at which many times these cases can take a long time before it goes before a hearing officer or a judge. And in a case where a homeowner owes dues, for example, the clock is ticking with additional percentages, 
you know, related to the dues that's added on. And it just goes on and on and on because I know that I hear cases, um, you know, regarding HOA disputes and or mediate cases regarding HOA disputes. But I want to take it to the court, um, you know, for for settling these, these disputes that I want to talk about for a second here, guys. And by the time it gets to the court, some of the individuals, you know, that, you know, the, the disputant has, you know, is side of the story as well as the um, uh, the, the plaintiff who is the HOA management company, let's say. However, the thing is, guys, that is that I find that is so sad is that let's say that this started in October of 2014. And so now it comes before me in July of 2015. By that time, um, the the original um, uh, point of, of the financial dispute that the HOA has with the defendants or vice versa, because the defendants can bring the HOA to court as well. Let's be clear about that. But the thing is, is that it has added on. Let's say, let's throw a number, 1100. By the time it gets to June, it could be like 3500. It could be a couple that may have unfortunately fallen on hard times and now they have regained their footing. And the HOA is just on, you know, hammering, hammering, hammering them, you know, that they need money. They've done a ton of skip trace reports, like they didn't know that the people actually live there. Um, they had their lawyers to write, uh, you know, some things and they're going to charge them for that. They're going to charge them for the times that they saw the lawyer. It's just totally ridiculous. I say, let's take this to mediation. This article also goes on to say the advantages of using the ADR to settle HOA disputes. And I would like to share some of them with you. I'm sure a lot of you know it out there and then some of you may not, but let's go over it again. Flexibility. Mediation participants also enjoy this benefit as well as deciding the ultimate outcome of dispute. Fabulous. Control. Disputing parties are in control of not just the mediator or the arbitrator, but also of certain aspects of the process. This ensures the person that they have control over the process and they have the specialized understanding needing uh, needed to help reach a resolution. And this is what I mean in the in the mediation process. One of the things that I make sure is that individuals clearly understand because you clearly understand and it is therefore at that point that you will ultimately learn something or some things about the mediation process and or why you are in the mediation process, what contributions each side had to the reasons for being in the mediation process. Predictability. Litigation has an unpredictable outcome, especially if a jury is involved, really, in an HOA dispute. ADR removes some of the unpredictability and gives control back to those and the resolution affects the most cost and time. We know this one, guys, mediation and arbitration are less expensive and take less time than litigation. This allows the community to return to its important work and not remain focused over the long haul on the dispute. It also establishes a precedent for future disputes as quickly as possible. Privacy matters discussed during mediation and arbitration do not become a matter of public record. Usually only the settlement is put into writing. This is good. 
cooperation. ADA fosters a sense of cooperation. This is what I was saying before about learning, because in order to learn, you have to cooperate. Never is this more important than when disputing parties must continue to live in the same community once a dispute is settled. If I'm having an issue with uh, my neighbor who probably planted his uh, when he was doing his um, landscaping um, and some of these landscapers talk so fast. And now oh, let me plant this tree, that tree, this other tree. They're just thinking of getting their landscaping done. They're just thinking of they want it beautiful so that they can go out in their yard and enjoy it with their with themselves and, them, and their families. They aren't thinking about that, that the landscaper planted the tree that is going to grow and now is hanging over not only your fence, but the neighbor's fence as well. So this is something that, you know, uh, that, that can be settled in, in um, um, ADR, not in the court. Lastly, it says most people report a high degree of satisfaction with mediation and arbitration. It reduces the stress. So community disputes and, and insurers of HOA disputes will will tear apart a community because it can. I mean, I'm no longer speaking to my neighbor. Come on now. Really? It was just a matter of the tree growing over. Could you please trim it? And in the future, could you please be cognizant of the fact that if you're not going to move the tree, have your landscaper move the tree to another place or remove it or whatever, if you're not going to be cognizant of the fact, also uh, making sure that you or and or your um, uh, uh, you know, neighbor, uh, 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 you know, keeps their tree pruned and so that it's not growing over, then, you know, we sometimes we have to take it to another level, guys, you know, and I say that, that, uh, ADR is, is very poignant in, um, in this. All right. So now we are going to take another short break. And when I come back, we're going to delve into more of how the mediation process is assisting individuals in areas that we have yet to discuss. Stay, stay tuned. Do you have disagreements with your landlord regarding your home or apartment that you are renting? Or have you fallen behind in your HOA payments and you cannot reason with the HOA Association for resolution of your issues? I can assist you. I am an independent professional mediator. My name is Teresa E. Keyes. Give me a call at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. You do not have to litigate your disagreements. They can be professionally mediated. The process of professional mediation is an effective, efficient, timely, and less costly method for resolving your disputes. Please give me a call for a 0283-7270. You're listening to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation with Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you. Thank you so much for returning with me. We are um, discussing how you doing mediation on my uh, program today. We are checking out the barometers where, you know, I'm putting my feelers out there, um, a.k.a. research in depth to find out 
um, other areas of of uh, mediation that's bringing satisfaction for the resolution of disputes to individuals that we have yet to discuss on this show. Okay, I think that's good to do that from time to time to see. Oh, what else is mediation um, settling besides you know credit card disputes or um, you know as I just got to say in HOA and you know they were even um, settling just certain things, but you know not not all things, but it's it's growing. All right, now here's an article. Um, that, that was, uh, posted and it is titled, it is about, uh, Princeton, ladies and gentlemen, okay? It says that mediation could resolve lawsuit over university's property tax exemption. Love it. Love it. Okay. Now, a lawsuit challenging Princeton's university property tax exemption could be headed to mediation. In a case with implications for the school and local taxpayers. Now, lawyers for the school guys and for Princeton residents who have sued in state court is in state tax court are seeing if they can agree on a mediator. Both sides said this week. Okay. So this is an article that, uh, was written May 9th. Okay. So. We're hopefully they have come to an agreement. It goes on to say um, the options the university has suggested is including finding a retired state's appeal court or Supreme Court judge to act as a neutral third party. I think this is very interesting. In February, the judge in the tax case asked the attorney the attorneys for both sides to think about whether it would be helpful to engage in a mediator. Okay, this is the university vice president and secretary, Robert K. Durkee. This is what he said on Thursday. All right. As a result of the judge's request, there have been emails back and forth beginning in February about what kind of mediator might be acceptable to both sides. And those email exchanges are continuing with no agreement so far on that question. Uh, I want to get back to what type of mediator uh, would be acceptable to both sides. Okay. Now I know that there are, um, in, in our profession, we are starting to branch out. We are starting to specialize, um, if not specializing already in certain things. Um, as I know that it's just like with anything else, if, if it's, um, uh, a mechanic, your auto mechanic, he may not specialize in fixing, uh, in infinity. He may not specialize in fixing, um, a, a Chevrolet or, or a, um, or, or dodges or what, whatever the, the, the case may be for the vehicle. So therefore you have to take it to an individual who specializes in it because it is in that time that you're going to get an individual who will not only be, you know, impartial and neutral and, and, and all of the other things that you want to look for in a professional mediator, but they will also have, okay. They will also have the education and the experience and the know-how of how to deal with this one particular thing. Okay, now, going on, uh, Bruce I. Afran, he's the attorney for the residents, on Friday offered a slightly different version from what Mr. Durkee said. He said, Judge Vito L. Bianco, he, who is handling the, clo- who is handling the case, he and he's closely watching it, has suggested that both parties try to settle. This is standard practice in civil lawsuits, okay? Now, subsequent to that, Mr. Afram said, 
that he had received an email from a university's lawyer first suggesting a neutral mediator. So to Mr. Afram, the university's willingness to enter into mediation is a hopeful sign that the school is looking to settle. I just think, I just think that's great. Okay. I think that's great. I think that this shows, this shows me and I'm sure that it shows you, my listening uh, audience of how um, individuals are now looking at um, other other ways and other means to settle their differences. They're not just looking to, you know, to go to court. They're not just looking to, um, you know, hiring a, a school of attorneys and this and that. They're wanting uh, resolutions of things in a more expeditious manner. However, they also want it in a manner where they will have the opportunity to discuss their case. They will have the opportunity to be heard from both sides and and they will have the opportunity to learn and, and, and get the case settled and so that they don't have to carry this on for, you know, the next two or three years or maybe more in some instances, depending on the court's calendar, wherever it may be to get this heard. Okay. Now, let's move on. Now, this has to do with the archdiocese, okay? This is a an article that was by Anissa Johnson of the Journey of the Journal Sentinel. It's a tight it's an article titled Edelman Invites Mediation Over Archdiocesan Cemetery Trust. Okay, let me read some of this for you. A federal judge has scheduled a Thursday hearing to gauge interest in trying to settle a contentious lawsuit over the Archdiocese of Milwaukee's now 66 million cemetery trust. Now, the trust, guys, is a key element in the Archdiocese plan to emerge from its four-year-old bankruptcy and that it would be tapped both both to compensate clergy sex abuse victims and fund the church's ongoing cemetery operations. Now, James Stang, who represents the creditors committee, declined to say how he would view an offer of mediation. But he did say this, guys, that any talks on the cemetery would likely be a de facto mediation in the bankruptcy case overall. Okay, and that the cemetery trust is the main ongoing moving part at this point. Okay, he says, I can't imagine the parties going into a room to talk about that and not talk about the entire Chapter 11 case. Now, the U.S. District Judge Lynn Edelman called the hearing to inquire whether the parties have any interest in mediation, according to the court record. Now, let me just say this, guys. Okay, this is good. This is good because people who used to be very hard in their thinking of, of you know, just, you know, that you have to go to court to settle your differences Here's another good example. Okay. It does not, this article does not state that as for a matter of fact, that this is absolutely what they're going to do. This is something that they want to do. But this one gentleman, Mr. Stang, wants to incorporate the Chapter 11 case 
into the um, mediation discussion uh, and resolution as well. I think this is good. Now, there is a judge by the name of Diane M. Price, okay? And she wrote an article about the court's process for non-criminal matters can be time-consuming, expensive, and emotionally draining, as we all know that it can. Because, but we also know, too, guys, that Mediation can be emotionally draining as well to the, to the individuals that, that we are helping to resolve issues. Now she says fees may escalate well beyond the original estimate and the time it takes to reach a decision in our busy courts can be lengthy. Many times relationships suffer from the pressure and once again a case is submitted to a jury or judge for decision. The outcome may not satisfy any party. Now, in recognition of these circumstances, Napa Superior Court, in collaboration with the Napa County Bar Association, has recently established a voluntary voluntary civil mediation program. All civil, probate, trust, estates, guardianships, conservatorship, and family law cases are eligible if all parties agree to mediate. Now, she says that custody and visitation services in family law cases are already mediated through the court's family court system services. So typically more than half of court mediations result in settlement of the dispute. That's a good thing. The new Napa Superior Court mediation program is available if all parties to the dispute voluntarily agree to submit the case to a neutral mediator on the court's approved list of panel members as an incentive For parties to participate in the court mediation program, the panel members have all agreed to provide the first three hours of three mediations a year free of charge to the participants. The mediators and parties may agree to a fee for any time incurred after the first three hours. This is a very good thing. Okay. The court generally appreciates the mediators who are volunteering their time for this valuable program. The panel members are also available for private mediations arranged without the court's assistance. Parties who participate in court mediation programs are usually very satisfied with the mediation process. Now, I want you all to know, okay, out there, that first and foremost, you know, I, 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 I really love this, this article. I, I thought that it was, it was very good because in, in a lot of states, in particularly here in, um, uh, Arizona, the mediators, they volunteer and they do not get paid. It's strictly volunteering. But going back in this article, it says that, and they're not allowed to, um, um, uh, advertise their, themselves. You know, for example, if, if one of the litigants that says, you know, I would like to have your card or do you have a flyer? Can I get, you know, they're, they're not allowed to do that. As an incentive for parties to participate in the court mediation program, the panels have all agreed for the first three hours of three mediations a year of free charge to the participants. The mediators and parties may agree to a fee for any time incurred after the first three hours. Boom. I love that. I absolutely Love, love, love that. Okay. I love the fact that, um, you know, a lot of individuals are, are going out there and they're very serious, um, about helping individuals to, um, 
about helping individuals to to get to um, an amicable agreement, which segues me into this next article that I would like to talk about, which is how can you expect to get to yes with others if you haven't gotten to yes with yourself? <laughs> now, that's a great question. Don't you think, listeners? How can you expect to get to yes with others if you haven't gotten to yes yourself? Now, it says that the greatest obstacle to successful agreements and satisfying relationships is not the other side. The biggest obstacle is actually ourselves, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Our natural tendency to react in ways that do not serve our true interest. All right. But this obstacle can also become our biggest opportunity. Now, the authors of this have listed some great effective tips, strategies, and techniques that I would like to go through with you very quickly here that you can, that, you know, that everyone can use, you know, every day for every situation. You know, it's like being our own mediator to ourselves, okay? Now, they say in getting to yes, You'll learn how to uncover the inner obstacles that are keeping you from getting to yes. Reach positive agreements with others. Develop healthy relationships. Make your business more productive. Live a more satisfying life. As I was saying, it's like being your own built-in mediator, which is a good thing. Now, these are good tips, and I'm going to tell you why. For example, prior to going into mediation, particularly removing as much inner barriers and negative thoughts as possible, it is really helpful for reaching an amicable resolution in mediation. When you go in and you take away all of the negativity as much as possible, you know, let's say that you have time before your mediation process, let's say that your mediation, you know, that you get a notice that you're going to go to mediation, you agree. And so then you got, you know, uh, some weeks um, and uh, some weeks um, uh, before, um, uh, you know, we, we have mediation. Okay, this gives you time to start, you know, reviewing yourself and making sure that that you own up to the responsibilities that you had in, in, in you know, in the reason that you're in this uh, mediation and, um, and, and, um, um, you know, it, it, I, I just say that it opens us up to clarity. It opens us up to, um, you know, uh, understanding once we have clarity because so many people want to place the blame on other people and, um, you know, regardless if, if you are, you are there for a good reason, uh, for the mediation process. But just as I've said in shows in the past, just know that you've had something small or medium or large, even maybe it depends on the case. I don't know. Um, um, uh, you know, the, the reasons that we are here in mediation, you know, as I said, none of us have arrived. Okay. We're all here to learn. Earth is a huge, learning institution okay so i i like all of what um 
uh, they have said about this. I think this is very good tips that we can follow, um, not only previous to going into mediation, but also just, you know, kind of on a, you know, a, a frequent basis of ourselves. Okay, guys, we're going to take a quick break and uh, come back with me. Do you have disagreements with your landlord regarding your home or apartment that you are renting? Or have you fallen behind in your HOA payments and you cannot reason with the HOA Association for resolution of your issues? I can assist you. I am an independent professional mediator. My name is Teresa E. Keyes. Give me a call at 480-283-7270. Or email me at Teresa at MediationTalkShow.expert. You do not have to litigate your disagreements. They can be professionally mediated. The process of professional mediation is an effective, efficient, timely, and less costly method for resolving your disputes. Please give me a call for a 0283-7270. Welcome back to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation. Here again, Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you for for joining me, um, ladies and gentlemen. I really appreciate it as we are talking about how you do in mediation. Now, I want to get on to talk about divorce. As I said, that I that is something that I wanted to, um, uh, uh, you know, state um, in in um, that I stated in my um, advertisement. And by the way. Um, the article that I was talking about, getting yes, uh, getting to yes with yourself, was uh, is also a book, and the authors are John Sturrock, S-T-U-R-R-O-C-K, and William Rye, U-R-Y. In case you're interested in going out to to purchase it and or pull up the article. All right, now here's another one: B. Mitts, Main Street Baseball, headed to mediation. It says that after a U.S. after a U.S. District Court judge indefinitely barred the sale of the Binghampton Mets, they're a class double A Eastern League to anyone but Main Street Baseball and Clark Minker. The two sides will meet before a federal mediator to settle their differences. In April of uh, of uh, April of this year, the U.S. District Court Judge David Hurd urged the two sides to settle their differences via mediation while using the indefinite injunction, writing that a decision by BMS owners to not sell the team to Main Street Baseball raises serious questions going to the issue of good faith nego- negotiations. Main Street Baseball and Clark Minter, who own the Wilmington Blue Rocks, who they're a Class A, uh, Carolina League, agreed to buy the BMS for $8.5 million dollars setting in motion a franchise shift that would see the Texas Rangers buy the Blue Rocks franchise for 12.5 million and move the team temporarily we hear to Kingston North Carolina with an upgrade in 2016 for Frawley Stadium okay i think that this is fabulous that how mediation now is you know I talked about things that were mediated in the, on the sports side, but not a whole heck of a lot as I'm going to do my best to get my son in on that because he's such a, he's such a sports enthusiast and talk about um, mediation. But it says that this article says that initially the B Mets owners opposed mediation while Main Street Baseball and Minker were willing. The opposition has now shifted with the two sides agreeing on a mediator. I, I love that. Another happy ending about mediation. 
Okay. Now let's go on to divorce. We're going to talk just very briefly because as usual, I'm running out of time and, um, and, um, as I always do talking with you guys, I enjoy talking with you so much, but I just want you to know, um, that there's a, another very interesting article by Stephen, that's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-K Erickson, where we have been, where we are and the road that lies. It's very, it's a very interesting article. And I suggest that you pull this one up as well as any other articles that I have discussed uh, this morning on my program. And he says that, As family mediators, we are in a field that developed out of a reaction to the excesses, to the excesses and misdemeanors of the way divorce was practiced in the early 1970s. He says our beginnings took family conflict on a completely new track and our future must continue in the same new direction. I think that's, I think that's fabulous. I think it's great. He says that let's move on, not just physically away from the courthouse, but away from the evaluating coercing, badgering, posturing, controlling, manipulating, bullying, predicting, advising, winning, losing, and fighting behaviors of an adjudicated process. The reason that the husband and wife, he talks about a husband and wife who who had um, uh, were in a mediation process and they were not uh, liking it that much. He says that uh, that the reason that the husband he spoke with was so guarded about starting mediations again with this author is is that he said one of the mediator evaluators told him that since he was unlikely to prevail in a custody battle, why didn't he just try to accept and make the best of being a less than half time parent to his two boys? However, he was principled about not being marginalized as a visiting non-custodial parent. Okay, mediators out there, we have to do we have to do better. Uh, particularly all of those of us who are delving into um, mediating divorces. And there's a lot of it. It's not going to, you know, unfortunately, uh, divorces are not going to stop. So there's a need for us to not be adversarial ourselves and um, in, in the manner in how we deal with individuals, because this will, um, in, you know, it will somehow taint the very essence of the beauty and the greatness that is contained within the mediation process if and when you know how to do it correctly. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to me. I really do appreciate your, um, you, you tuning me in. Um, I'm doing very well on my program. I will be airing two weeks from today. So please mark your calendars. I appreciate all of those of you who go and, and uh, listen to my archives and my and, and, and all of those who are going to download this program today. I hope that I continue to be informative and educational to you as this, uh, as I say, is my pride and joy of talking about one of the best ways to resolving our issues, because that is something that I want individuals to do as we continue on to be human beings is to not carry on disputes, uh, disagreements. And, and issues in our lives. It's only going to make us brighter. Enjoy your day. Be good to yourself and be good to others. This is Teresa E. Keeves. Talk to you in two weeks. Mm-hmm.